1580, you're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the world-renowned motivational speaker Les Brown, who continues his one-month radio residency exclusively here on KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, we are honored to have uh, Les here every single weekday this month, just teaching a master class, uh, motivating all of us to make the most of this moment, to maximize this moment uh, in 2023 and beyond. And the response to Les's program every day has been nothing short of phenomenal. If you want to ask Les Brown a question between now and his last master class as part of this radio residency on Tuesday, the 28th of February, the last day of this month, uh, go to our website, kbla1580.com. Uh, you will see an Ask Less icon. Just click on the Ask Less icon and send us your questions for Les Brown. Or you can go to our app and use the open mic feature to record your audio uh, question for Les Brown, and we'd be happy to play that question on the air uh, for Les and get his response. Uh, today's class, uh, master class, is entitled Be Prepared for What's Next. Be Prepared for What's Next. Before we commence the master class today from the master motivator, Les Brown, a tribute to Raquel Welch, who passed away yesterday at the age of 82. Raquel Welch, a veteran actress who rose to fame in the 1960s in the films One Million Years B.C. and Fantastic Voyage, died yesterday after a brief illness, according to a statement provided by her manager. She was 82. With more than 70 film and television credits, she got her start as a spokesmodel on a variety show, Hollywood Palace, and had a small role in the Elvis Presley film Roustabout in 1964. Back in 2010, she published her biography, Raquel, Beyond the Cleavage. And uh, she and I had some song, had some fun, I should say, a lot of fun, talking about the book's title and the career. Take a listen to Raquel Welch from 2010. Thank you very much, Tavis. Uh, Delighted to be here. I'm glad to have you. Such a creative title. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> well, I was having a little fun with yeah. myself, you know. Yeah. Well, where'd you come up with that one? That was funny. Um, well, <laughs> it was supposed to be beyond my image, but that yeah. sounded so kind of dry and uh, didactic. And I thought, you know, beyond the cleavage is more to the point. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you ever get beyond the yeah. cleavage? You know? <laughs> and and, and for, folk, for folk who did not, or who have not, <laughs> how, how, how do you process that seriously? Well, who uh, I don't. Yeah. That's up to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't take on all of that stuff. I used to try when I was first, you know, on the scene as a young girl, uh -huh. you know, and it used to just sort of rattle me a little bit. I think, oh, I don't know what to do. But now I just don't even. How, but how did you ever, how did you get beyond that? How did you come to terms with the fact that people see you as a sex symbol and others, some people can't even get beyond that ever? Well, you know, uh, most people have gotten beyond uh -huh. it, believe it or not. I'm a little long in the tooth to yeah. still be called a sex symbol. Number one. Number two, I think that I've, by this time, I've done a body of work that most people say, you know, when they come up to me, they don't say, uh, how's your, <laughs> how's your cleavage? They say, you know, I saw you in this, or I saw you on Broadway, or I, this movie was a favorite of mine, or, you know, that was a very innovative role you took there because now a lot of other girls are doing it, but nobody mm -hmm. was doing it back then and things like that. So I feel, um, I feel like I'm out of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, she did finally get out of the woods, uh, and uh, people did start to respect her as her career blossomed beyond the cleavage. Raquel Welch dead at the age 
of 82. When we come forward, we'll commence our conversation today with the motivator, Les Brown. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry, exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. He is Les Brown. We're delighted to have you uh, uh, in with us in this hour for today's master class. You've got to be hungry with Les Brown, heard exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580 all month long. As Les Brown continues today his radio residency and the theme for today's master class is be prepared for what's next. Be prepared for what's next. I yield now to the gentleman from Liberty City in Miami, Les Brown. Thank you so very much. Tavis, the other day you asked me a question. What about people who pursue their dreams and they come up short Mm -hmm. and things don't work out the way they intended those to work out? What do they do? That's a very good question. And today we're going to be looking at the life of Vivian Thomas. Vivian Thomas was a licensed laboratory technician. Vivian Thomas had a goal and a dream of being a doctor, but the depression came and wiped out the funds that his family had saved for him to go to college. Mm. And so he wasn't able to go to college, and, but he was hired to work as a janitor for a guy named Dr. Alfred Blaylock. And after a short while, he realized that This young man was a very brilliant young man, and he took him under his arm, and and they worked together for over 30 years. And and here's the, the, the fascinating thing about it. It was because of racism and discrimination that he never, ever, even though he came up with a process that cured the blueberry operation, it's an operation on, on babies, and and even though black people suffered from that same disease, they were not able to partake, to partake of the operational procedure that he created because hospitals would not allow black people. You know, and pre- preparing and doing the research on many of these things, man, it's yes, it's, it's, it's breathtaking the level of hatred and dehumanizing things that that have been done to us and still being done to us. And even though Dr. Alfred Blaylock insisted that Vivian Thomas be in the operating room when there was a white baby that needed this procedure that will save this baby's life, the baby's name was Eileen Saxton, that he sat on a stool behind him Now, this is what Vivian Thomas did. And they said that Blaylock, Dr. Blaylock, may have held the scalpel, but another man, Vivian Thomas, performed the procedure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That this brother, he was so obsessed with becoming a doctor. And even though he did not have the money to go to medical school, he still studied. and, And they called him the person who was just determined to make a difference in the medical profession, and he pioneered all type of medical procedures. And he did it starting with dogs. And mm. he used these dogs as guinea pigs. And, and as a result of his research and how skillful he was, 
Dr. Playlock knew that he felt he was making the right decision to allow Vivian Thomas to direct him on how to perform this on human beings. And this brother, who was the janitor, he created the procedures, <laughs> the instruments, mm-hmm. not only the procedure, but the instruments for this operation. Can you believe this? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so, even though he had more experience than anyone in the world, Vivian Thomas was not ever allowed to perform surgery on human beings. He was not a doctor, as I said. And his instruments that he created saved many people's lives and the baby blue operation on a 15 year old girl named eileen saxton is how they became famous because of that procedure and it saved that baby's life and and thousands of others lives and and so when we think about obsessions and what do you do he could have just given up saying well i can't go to medical school but he studied and he decided that he's going to find a way to get in there. And and so what he did was he raised dogs and he practiced on them the procedures that were yet that were later used on human beings. And because of his persistence, because of his determination, something he said that I, I identify with and the same thing yesterday with Marion Croak, he said, I never really thought about discrimination too much. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, and that was to be a surgeon. They wouldn't allow me to operate on human beings, so I operated on dogs. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now, it is. He um, said it's always good to have someone who will listen to your ideas, no matter how crazy they may sound. And Doctor Blaylock listened to me. Yes. No, I'm. I'm just sitting here, just kind of a. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find the right word. It's uh, it is it's debilitating. It's emotionally, psychologically, spiritually debilitating. Sometimes even physically debilitating. Uh, when you consider uh, what you suggested earlier, Les, the ways in which we have been denied and disenfranchised out of all kinds of opportunities down through the years, it's no wonder that in 2023 we are still uh, seeing breaking news every other day, it seems, of some African-American first. It's not because we're just now uh, gifted enough to do these things in these various fields of human endeavor. It's because we're just now being given the opportunity. Uh, And so it's almost heartbreaking. On the one hand, it's empowering to hear the story of Vivian Vivian Thomas. On the other hand, it's debilitating, as I said, to hear this story because you see all the ways in which this brother was denied and all the ways in which his name is not in the history books in the way that it ought to be. Uh, given that Dr. Alfred Blaylock performed these procedures, but Vivian Thomas on a stool telling the white brother what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. Uh, and um, it, it's, it's just it's just arresting uh, to the spirit to hear uh, the ways in which we've been denied down through the years. I, I want to commence our conversation, if I can, and there are a couple of things running through my head. Let me start with this. Um, your, your theme today is be prepared for what's next. That's what, that's what Vivian Thomas had to do. He had to be prepared for what's next when he was denied a particular opportunity. I, you know, I've said many times in my in my life that rejection is redirection. That rejection 
can be redirection. Vivian Thomas had to be prepared for what what, uh, what came next in his life. But when you when I, when I saw your theme last night that you wanted to address today in this master class, be prepared for what's next. That word prepared jumped out at me, Les, and I want to just share a quick story. And you may have seen this yourself. I don't know if you were ever there or not. But when the late great attorney Johnny Cochran um, opened up his office uh, on Wilshire and Highland, a very well-known building right on the corner of Wilshire and Highland here in Southern California, here in Los Angeles, um, Johnny Cochran uh, had a major office in in that building. And when you walked into the lobby of Johnny Cochran's law office, there was a quote that he had painted on the wall in his lobby. And anybody who ever went into Johnny Cochran's law office, Johnny Johnny L. Cochran Jr., to be exact, you saw these words on the wall, Les. There are only three keys to success. Preparation, preparation, preparation. That was the quote on the wall in the lobby of Johnny L. Cochran Jr.'s law office. There are only three keys to success. Preparation, preparation, preparation. Let's commence our conversation there, Les, with your downloading us on the value, the necessity uh, of being prepared. We know what's next is going to come. What's next tomorrow's going to come. What's next is going to come. But your your master class today is about how we have to be prepared for what comes next. Talk to us, Les Brown, about being prepared. When I applied for a job in radio, and you're familiar with the story, mm-hmm. <laughs> they told me no time and time again. And then I volunteered to work at the radio station, and I watched the disc jockeys, and I learned how to work the control boards. And I watched how they use their personality and their energy to connect with the listening audience. When you're in radio, it's like living as a blind person. You can't see your audience, but you know when you're connecting with them. Mm -hmm. And then one Saturday afternoon, a guy by the name of Rocket Roger, he got drunk and was drinking while he was on the air. And I was there. They told me I couldn't get on the air. They turned me down relentlessly, but I kept hanging around watching and studying. And this is what governed governed my behavior. It's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Yes. And so Rock and Roger started slurring his words. And pretty soon, Mr. Klein called the station and I answered the phone. He said, Les Brown? I said, yes, sir. He said, Rockin' Roger can't finish his show. I said, I know. He said, would you call one of the other DJs in to do the show? I said, yes, sir. I hung up, and I said to myself, now, he must be thinking I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for this. I I, I called my mama, my girlfriend, Cassandra, and everybody I knew. I said, I'm about to come on the air. I waited for about 20 minutes. I called him back. I said, Mr. Clyde, I can't find nobody. He said, do you know how to work the controls? I said, yes, sir. He said, go in there and sing with the records. But don't you say nothing here. I said, yes, sir. Stevie Wonder had a song called Fingertips. Mm -hmm. He was 12 years old. 
And I was ready to introduce that. I said, look out, this is me, L.D. Triple T. Let's drown your platter playing Papa. I would have did. I sat rocking Roger with his drunken behind in a corner, <laughs> and I took over the radio show, and that's how I got the job. <laughs> I was prepared, my brother. I knew the controls. I knew how to do the commercial breaks. I knew how to read the commercials, and I got the job. And so the thing is that we have to look at expanding our options and be willing to invest the time and the energy to learn all that we can and to unlearn things that no longer serve us. We have to be non, non, I would say a non-limited thinking person. You got to be unlimited in terms of what you can do. This guy was hired as a janitor. And they paid him a dollar less than all the other janitors who were doing the same work. And during the time he came along, a dollar was a lot of money. Mm. So, But he said he didn't focus on discrimination. He focused on what he wanted to do and what he wanted to become. And so when, when I think about the fact that I became the program director, I became the manager, the manager of the radio station, the music director, I was prepared for these things because I studied those. So, but here's something else about Vivian Thomas. When you think about this man, he sat on a stool, and even though Dr. Blaylock was opposed to racism and discrimination, he never raised his voice to support him. He just watched, as most white people do. Mm -hmm. He just watched. <laughs> Evil prevails when good men and women do nothing. And the history says that he was a product of his environment. He did little, if anything, to oppose segregation at Vanderbilt or John Hopkins Hospital, where he had significant power that he could have helped. One day, uh, Dr. I mean, Vivian Thomas went, he left the lab, and he had his lab coat on. And he went over to the main building. And people were in an uproar. Who does this Negro think he is? They called him an uppity Negro. And so this guy, Dr. Playlock, was known for yelling at people and screaming at people. And he went and he confronted Vivian Thomas. And he yelled at him, said, don't ever come over to the main building with your coat on out of the lab. You can only wear your lab coat in the laboratory. And so Vivian Thomas sat and he thought about it and he went over and he talked to Dr. Blaylock. And here's something that we have to do. Stand your ground. Demand respect for yourself. He said, Dr. Blaylock. My mother raised me to be respectful of people. I'm respectful of you. Don't ever yell at me again. Well, I'm out of here. I will leave. And they said no one had ever done that before. Dr. Blaylock apologized. He never yelled at Vivian Thomas again. Stand your ground. <laughs> I want to. I want to augment. Oh, behave. Oh yeah, behave. I want. I want to. <clears throat> I want to augment. Less. I'm watching the clock here. I can do this uh, between now and the bottom of the hour, and then we'll continue on the other side. But I. I. I, I want to augment 
what you said earlier uh, to the audience as you teach this master class, be prepared for what's next. Um, the story of your how your radio career got started is so eerily similar to how my TV career got started. Two very short stories. Number one, I was doing radio here in Los Angeles years ago, 30 plus years ago, doing radio and doing quite well here on the radio. And one day I got a call from Channel 7, KABC TV, which at the time was the number one station for local news. They called me one day and asked me if I would consider being a commentator during the 5 o'clock news. Will you consider doing live commentary? They had four, five white folk, two females and uh, three males who were doing commentary live during the 5 o'clock news on the number one station for news here in Southern California. For those who were around then, the anchors then uh, were Harold Green and Ann Martin. And they uh, lost one of their commentators and had a slot open heard me on the radio and asked me if I would consider being the first black commentator on local news in the history of Los Angeles. And all of my friends were telling me to take that position and to go do, to do the audition rather and to take the position. I knew less that I had never done television. <laughs> I was good at radio, but I had never done television. And so I had the wisdom at a, as a young man, when everybody around me was telling me to take this audition, I turned it down. But I called a friend of mine in Toronto who produced television in Toronto. and I mean, sorry, in Montreal, Montreal. And I, I packed up my bags. I left Los Angeles. And for just under a year, I moved to Montreal, Canada, got me a little apartment. And I went to work every day with my friend producing television in Montreal. And I learned everything about television. I, I worked the cameras. I learned how to write scripts. I learned how to produce segments. I learned how to read the teleprompter without shaking my head from side to side as the lines go across the screen. I learned all this stuff about how television worked. And a year later, I came back to Los Angeles. I called the general manager, Roger Bell, at Channel 7. I said, Roger, you guys called me a year ago, and I uh, couldn't do it. It wasn't available at the time. Um, but I'm available now if you'd like me to come in and do an audition. He said, oh, absolutely. We haven't filled the position. We would love to have you come in. I went in just before the 5 o'clock news went on the air. Harold Green and Aaron Martin were sitting off to the side about to start. I sat in that chair, and they said 3-2, and I did my commentary just before they went live at 5. And you could see Harold Green and Ann Martin about passed out of that chair. Who is this Negro who came in here and did one take and nailed it? And that is how my television career got started in Los Angeles. I got myself prepared for what came next, but I turned it down because I knew I wasn't ready at that time. I got ready. I came back. I killed that audition. And that's how my TV career got started in Los Angeles. Now, wait till you hear the story of how my TV career got started nationally on BET. It's an even crazier story. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown. We're trying to convince you that you've got to be prepared for what's coming next in your life. He's Les Brown. I'm Tavis Smiley. We'll continue when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You do, in fact, belong here. We're glad to have you in with us in this hour. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the world-renowned motivational, motivational speaker, Les Brown, who continues his uh, month-long radio residency all the way uh, from now through uh, the last day of this month, 
February 28th is a Tuesday. If you've missed any of these conversations, any of Les's master classes, weekdays here on KBLA Talk 1580, uh, go to any of our platforms and listen to the podcast of uh, Les's uh, classes uh, all month long. He's had some powerful uh, downloads for all of us. And if you've missed any one of these sessions with the motivator, Les Brown, who we are just delighted, accepted our invitation um, to be the first uh, to conduct a month-long radio residency on this station. We are forever indebted and honored that Les Brown again accepted our invitation. If you missed any of these courses, uh, go to our, again, uh, any of our platforms and check out the podcast of Les's programs. Today's theme, in case you've just tuned in, is called Be Prepared for What's Next. Be Prepared for What's Next. Uh, moments ago, Les Brown was sharing the remarkable and amazing story of how his radio career got started. Uh, and uh, it starts there, and you know, years later, fast forward, he is one of the most world-renowned motivational speakers uh, on the globe, on the planet. Uh, but it started with that radio program, and the story of how he got that job was uh, funny, uh, but empowering in a, a variety of ways. And I wanted to add to the point that Les was making about being prepared for what's next by telling the story, as I did moments ago, but how I got on television here in Los Angeles. I turned down the invitation to come audition because I hadn't done it. I was not prepared, but I went and got myself prepared, came back to Los Angeles, did one audition, nailed it, and that started my television here career locally. Uh, fast forward some years, uh, BET calls me, uh, and they are auditioning for a new late-night show called BET Tonight on Black Entertainment Television. Uh, long story very short, there are a number of folks literally like 20 plus people they have on this list of persons there want to audition, uh, wanting to audition for this late night show called BET Tonight. I'm on the list. Uh, Latifah is on the list. Snoop Dogg is on the list. A bunch of folk are on this list uh, to audition. And what BET decided they wanted to do was to audition people one week at a time. So Tavis gets a week. All the others get a week. It was a crazy idea for how to launch a show. Don't ever do it. It's actually a pretty dumb idea. Um, but they figured after they went through enough of these weeks, they'd find somebody they liked and they would give them the permanent position. Again, long story short, I get a call from my agent one day who says, Tavis, BET um, wants you to take a week. I initially said no. They called back a couple of times. I eventually said, OK, I'll do it. Uh, they called back and said, what week does he want to do it? And my agent calls me and says, when do you want to do it? I said, whenever. doesn't matter. Uh, they call back a couple of days later and say they can't get anybody to go the first week. Everybody agrees to do it, but they can't get anybody to take the first week. I take the first week and the rest, as they say, is history. I took the first week and I nailed that <laughs> thing that first week. And BET called me back. I literally flew back to Los Angeles. By the time I landed, my assistant picked me up at the, uh, picked me up at the LAX and said, Tabish, you ain't going to believe this. While you were in the air, BET called and asked, can you come back for one more week? I went back a second week. They did the same thing the third week. Twelve weeks later, I told my agent, tell BET to stop calling me. If they want me, give me a contract. That is what started my TV career nationally on BET. And that's how everybody got to know Tavis Smiley on BET every night. But it started less because nobody wanted to go first in that first week. I did, and they never got a shot. But I prepared myself for that moment. I'm only sharing those stories to augment your point, Les, that we got to be prepared, Les Brown, for what's coming next in our lives, sir. Yes, but but you you got it not because you did the first week. You got it for what you said. 
that you prepared. Yeah. See, there are a lot of people who have a yes I can attitude, but I know I can skill set. Okay, listen to what happened with with Vivian Thomas, who was a janitor now. Mm -hmm. In 1976, John Hopkins University presented Thomas with an honorary doctorate. Now, the reason I call this celebrating our greatness, this guy was a janitor. Mm. Due to certain restrictions, he received an honorary doctor of laws rather than a medical doctorate. But it did allow the staff and students at John Hopkins Hospital and John Hopkins School of Medicine to call him doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Due to his lack of official medical degrees, he was never allowed to operate on living patients. But here's what he went on to do. Vivian Thomas was allowed to train surgeons. Vivian Thomas was eventually promoted to the position of laboratory supervisor in the Department of Surgery. After having worked at John Hopkins for 37 years, Vivian Thomas was also finally appointed to the faculty of the School of Medicine as instructor of surgery at John Hopkins Hospital. Mm. In this role, he was responsible for overseeing the training and supervision of surgical technicians and for ensuring the proper functioning and maintenance of the surgical equipment used in the department. He was involved in the development of many new surgical techniques and devices, and he trained numerous physicians and surgical technicians who went on to become leaders in the field. Many surgeons credit Vivian Thomas with teaching them the surgical techniques that placed them in the forefront of medicine in the United States. This brother was a janitor. <laughs> mm. Mm. Never went to medical school, but he taught medicine. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. This is celebrate our greatness. Yeah. Yes. No, we're celebrating our this greatness. This is why we have so many barriers to overcome, because they feel inferior to us. Mm. Yeah. How do you let me let me let me let me pivot ever so gently here. How do you Hmm, I'm going to frame this the right way, Les. How do you uh, navigate through people making you feel inferior uh, but not develop an attitude of superiority? Because it seems to me there's a, there's a fine line there. You don't want people to, to make you feel inferior. But you also, as the old folk would say, don't want to get the big head. Uh, Vivian, Vivian Thomas could have done that. Clearly he did not. He stayed humble. Um, but how do you walk that tightrope between being made to feel inferior but not behaving with an attitude of superiority? One of the things that we must never do is become like our oppressor. Oh, yeah. No, no. One of the key things he said, and I mentioned this earlier, he never paid attention to racism. He only stayed focused on what he wanted to do and that was to practice medicine, even if he had to sit on a stool and tell a white doctor how to use the scalpels to save the lives of white babies, because black babies were not allowed because of segregation to be exposed to his technique this black man had created because of racism. Yeah. Um. What 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 do you say to people who 
have encountered a Vivian Thomas moment in their lives where they were denied opportunity, denied entry, denied access to what they wanted to do uh, and allowed that to divert them. They're still living. They're listening right now. They still have the same skill set, same requisite ambition, perhaps, but they allowed that moment where they were denied to derail them in a way that Vivian Thomas did not. What do you say to those persons right now, Les Brown? Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Find some investors. Find a way to do it in another arena that you can control and you call the shots. I was fired from radio. I call the shots. I hire myself. You have hired yourself. You have created your own arena. Today, we have all the tools that we need to market, to promote, to learn things, to be versatile and flexible and adaptable, to do anything that we want to do. Giving up is not an option. The people that will make it today have the kind of mindset that you had when you had that first week. Take no prisoners and eat the wounded. Those are the people that come out on top. I love it. Take no prisoners and eat the wounded. Said as only the world-renowned motivational speaker Les Brown could say it. You're listening to you got to be hungry with Les Brown exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. Les Brown uh, is uh, our uh, host of uh, You've Got to Be Hungry. Uh, here on KBLA Talk 1580. He's been here every day this month, weekdays, with his one-month one month radio residency exclusively on this station. We're honored to be in dialogue with him today. In case you've just tuned in, uh, today's theme is called Be Prepared for What's Next. Be Prepared for What's Next. Les, um, we are no doubt talking to people, some people, who are, how might I put this, frozen by a fear of the future. Uh, I know you've encountered this any number of times in all the sessions you've done uh, in this country and indeed around the globe, trying to get people to not be afraid of the future, to not be frozen by a fear of the unknown. When those topics come up, when that topic comes up, uh, what are you saying to people? What are you saying to audiences about not being afraid of the future, not being afraid of what's next, not being afraid of what is indeed unknown if we do what we just heard earlier when you said when you read this sign in the office of our brother who has since crossed over prepare 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 that the future is what you decide it's a reflection of the quality of your thinking and notice what i said prepare so what's next? Guess what happened with Vivian Thomas? He got no credit. Mm-hmm. They would have news conferences. They would write articles, and they never gave him credit. Prepare for that. That's a part of the process that we go through, and he stayed the course. Don't give up. Don't, don't become disengaged because life is not fair. It's not fair that birds eat worms, and they do. 
And so you've gone up against some stuff. I've gone up against some stuff, but we stay the course. Because when you do something that has some value and have some impact, people don't shoot down, they shoot up. People are going to come for you. It's a part of the process. And so it's a it's about looking at who is it I have to be? What do I want my future to be? And how do I develop the skill set, the knowledge, the training, so that my future is what I create, not one where I'm a volunteer victim? Hmm. I want to put a final point uh, just uh, right quickly here uh, on Johns Hopkins. Uh, for the, for many in this audience, of course, a very smart audience. Many in this audience know Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. But in case you don't know Johns Hopkins, it's not just the story of Vivian Thomas that Les Brown has told so beautifully and so brilliantly and so passionately in this hour. But you need to understand where he was. This isn't some little small hospital in, you know, Podunk, America somewhere. This is Vivian Thomas, this brother at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. This hospital is renowned around the world for any number of procedures. It is also the same hospital where they took the HeLa cells from Henrietta Lacks. Same hospital, Johns Hopkins. This is the mm-hmm. this is the place of the Henrietta Lacks story. John Hopkins, the same place where Dr. Ben Carson, politically he's off his rocker. Love and respect the brother. Yeah, he, he was in Donald Trump's administration, <laughs> as you know. But this is the place where yeah. he where he used those gifted hands to separate babies who were conjoined together at birth. John, uh, ben Carson did all of this at Johns Hopkins. Henrietta Lacks was at Johns Hopkins. So this hospital, on the one hand, is world-renowned. On the other hand, they've, they've done some dirty deeds in their past at Johns Hopkins. But this is the place where Vivian Thomas advanced the powerful story that Les is sharing with us today. It wasn't just some random hospital. He did all of this among some of the best physicians in the world at Johns Hopkins. That's the place that denied Vivian Thomas. But as Les said earlier, he would not be denied. And that's why today he is the example of what it means to be prepared for what's next as brought to us and taught to us by the motivator. Les Brown, only on KBLA Talk 1580. And expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Les Brown, um, let me ask you what advice you would offer those who are listening, no matter what field of human endeavor they are pursuing, uh, about how to approach getting prepared for whatever is next in their life. When you think about Vivian Thomas, he said something that's key. He said, I never did anything new. He said, I just, I was an innovator mm-hmm. on what was already there. Mm. Whatever you are interested in, look at the industry, look at the main players, and begin to think about how can you do this better. You can always better your best. John H. Johnson said, there's no defense against an excellence that meets a pressing public need. Find a need and continuously look for ways in which you can increase the value that you bring to impacting that industry that will impact the bottom line of the people that you're working with. 
Let me let me close with this. Um, it's a it's a theme that you have raised, and I've, I've been fascinated listening to you for days at a time. And as long as I've known you, we've been, we've been friends for decades. I've never had this much Les Brown in my life because I've never had access to you for an hour every single day. So I'm loving this, just having access to your your head. Me and, too. Uh, I'm loving having access to your head and me your heart. Too. You are so brilliant. I have to come correct when I come up in here. No, I want no. you to know. <laughs> no, no, man. I, I just love having access to your head and to your heart every day. So thank you again for this. This is much a gift to me as it is to our audience um but um what 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 say you uh, about the ways in which um black people in particular um have got to not make excuses about whatever troubles and travails are going to come our way uh, put another way you've said consistently over the course of these lessons um, that we have to be willing to learn. We have to be willing to read. We have to be willing to download. We have to get ourselves in a position so that we get in the blocks, we can run and we can win. But the preparation, as you said a thousand times, for so many of us starts with just reading and downloading the information that's going to make us an expert. we got about a minute to go, but say a last word about that, if you will, Les. I want to say to everybody, listen to me closely. You are better than your worst mistake. All of us have had failures. You're better than that. You are stronger than any of the challenges that life throws at you. Scripture says, think it not strange that you're faced the fiery furnaces of this world. You will, not you, might. you will have tribulations. Life is going to happen, and it happens to all of us. And the key is, is to understand it doesn't matter what happens to you, what matters most is what happens in you and how you choose to handle it. His name is Les Brown, world-renowned motivational speaker, continuing his one-month radio residency exclusively here on KBLA Talk 1580 through the 28th of this month, the last day of Black History Month, or as he puts it, the month in which we are celebrating our greatness. Today's lesson, today's master class has been entitled I'll Be, be Prepared. I'll be 78 tomorrow, my brother. Happy, I, I, man, you, you jumping ahead. I'll be 78 I, tomorrow. I was going to say that, man. Hold tight, hold tight, brother. Yes, <laughs> today's, okay. today's theme is Be Prepared for What's Next. Uh, if you missed any of this, check it out tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on your way home. And for all of us at KBLA Talk 1580, Les Brown, let me say to you now, since I'm not here live tomorrow, happy birthday. Happy 78th birthday. Uh, I'm delighted for you. I hope you enjoy your day. Take a little time off, and you and I will connect again on this radio station on Monday. But Les, happy NATO Day to you. We love you, man. Ain't nothing you can do about it.